grab your favorite beverage, kick up your feet as you ascend with me into the joy portal of soul reflections, fresh perspectives, fun ideas, and wisdom. Light to light and heart to heart. Smile and breathe even deeper as together we will soar above the perception of all hurdles and shine brightly as the light we are. Welcome to Light, Laughter, and Lattes Oneness Talk Radio. And today I am your host, Patty Markham Peterson. And this is a beautiful October 26, 2022. And we're swimming in the energy of a new moon solar eclipse. And with that, many of us are feeling some big energies. What are you noticing? What's coming forward in front of you? I can say for myself that um, there's been a myriad of things from some beautiful miracles and um, to some old themes with little remnants coming up to say, are we finally ready to, you know, shine light and wipe the slate clean? Pay attention. What are we noticing? Notice what we're noticing and how can we bring this into ourselves now to co-create our beautiful dreams, a new moon, new beginnings, taking opportunities to be with ourselves. I know I'm hearing from some people who are having even surprise healings coming up. We are now taking consciousness further well informed than we have before. And if there's more here that, you know, to go deeper into that, I really encourage you to go to official Sri and Kira on social media and check it out or to um, Sri and Kira, S-R-I and Kira.com. Check that out because I'm going to share. They're one of my main mentors in my life. And then I've got a few others and I'm going to bring together and share some of what I've learned as a quantum healer, a VESA medical intuitive holistic healer for almost uh, over 25 years to that have helped me and my clients in our transformations. Thank you, beautiful beings, for joining me, being in the chat. I love feeling the essence of you being there and encouraging uh, all, all others by your beautiful light. Thank you. So when you think of transformations, what comes to mind? Some of us, we might think, you know, of the beautiful symbology of the butterfly, yet it's, you know, in that cocoon and it can't force itself. It has to, has to allow the the unfolding. And we've all been through so many transformations in our own life journey. And as Archangel Zadkiel has beautifully said, we're always, we're always ascending, you know, from the child that we are to the middle schooler to the teen to the adult there's all this transformation this ascending that we go through and so if we're on a conscious journey we're more present and aware of what these opportunities for transformation can be bringing us because sometimes as my title said is it painful or joyful and oftentimes it's a big mix of it all isn't it (laughs) and yet what comes forward for us to say Am I recreating? Am I 
continuing some old patterns and that's creating my new or am I ready to release any blinders and denials and look closer here especially if it's from pain I know pain has been such a big awakener for a lot of people when things are so uncomfortable we're often ready to say enough is enough I'm willing to do the work I'm willing to be more present. I'm willing to love myself more, to forgive myself. And on the other side of the coin, joy. How many of us can think of some of the most beautiful joy-filled experiences that help open us to a greater oneness, connection? I hope so. You know, I've, I've got a friend that's struggling through some hard times and, and and, and there's this theme going on in his life. And yet we can't, we can't fix, rescue, go into that victim triangle, you know, allowing them their time. And I know, you know, I just asked, do you have hope? Because there are times many people don't have hope. And to have hope that there's another way, that there's a chance for happiness that can propel us into taking those steps. And, and when he answered, yes, I do have hope. I, I relaxed. I didn't feel so worried. <laughs> and yet, you know, to love somebody, love them. Sometimes until they can love themselves. How can we do that without the stepping in with a, you know, a rescue or a codependent or a, I know better or no, you know, unless they're asking. If they're asking, that's another story. And some of us learn that one the hard way too, right? So thinking of, you know, this ever-evolving, ever-refining, I know for myself, as I just mentioned, that there's this, an old theme, uh, and it's related to abandonment. How many of us have had that theme in our life somewhere? And, you know, there's a lot of that root chakra. We think, well, I finally healed that. And to the most part, we have. And yet, something will come in front of us in our life experience that on some level we've called in to say, are you sure? Let's look at this a little more closely to this next level of consciousness. And I know for myself, I, you know, I had that opportunity and to sit there and go, What's here now? What is that fear? Am I willing to to start doing some of the inquiry? And is it rejection? Is it I'm not good enough? Is it one of those life scripts? And, you know, one of my old life scripts is like, I need to know I matter. We need to give that to ourselves before we can expect somebody else to give that to us, right? And that can be tied to our self-worth and that's seeing our goodness. And so I sat with that and and did some of my practices, which I want to share here tonight. I want to do this recapitulation with you, which is a powerful way of looking at, do we have some of these pieces of themes coming up, limiting beliefs or habits or patterns that we're saying, you know, in this new moon with new beginnings, I've got a clean slate. I'm ready to look at any little pieces, remnants that may be left behind to live with greater joy, buoyancy, and happiness. And everybody benefits when we do that. Each one of us living in that state 
is such a gift to the planet, especially right now, because there are so many distractions out there, aren't there? I know just talking to one of my children this week and 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 they brought up this, you know, fear of nuclear war. And I would notice how we feel when we go to that. And and it doesn't mean we're not aware of some of the things going on. And yet what's grabbing our attention? Notice what we're noticing. And and from there, what in me, what can I heal in me, anchor in me to be in more peace? Puts out that ripple effect. Greg Braden's work with um, the science and spirituality, and I hope I'm quoting him correctly because I have for a while said this piece that stuck with me about the square root of 1% of a given population to make a difference. They've done studies around this. We've seen it spiritually when we come together as a group and magic happens. Crop circles are revealed. I was in a group one time and there was a big um, hurricane coming toward, this was years ago, toward land. And after we had our beautiful event in India, that hurricane turned around. And by the way, I believe it might have been named Patricia. <laughs> but anyway, no attachment, just knowing that the work, the effort, the commitment, the tenacity and courage, each one of us to knowing I'm sticking with this. I'm working through all my sticky, icky areas with a lot of mercy and compassion and yet not giving up. Do we have that hope? What is inspiring us to continue to keep taking steps? And so when we get more clear, we start to pay more attention to what shows up in front of us. And that in itself gives us opportunities to say, well, um, what in me invited this to be? What in me is attracting this? This is showing up in my matrix without judging ourselves more. Or are we? do we slip into some old um, egoic patterns of blaming? I know that that took time for me. And there still may be times I slip into that. And so noticing what... what what is our reaction, especially if something is a big trigger point in one of our areas that might be um, a little more tender, maybe? Um, it seems like, you know, those close to us can uh, bring that up more and giving us that opportunity. And so what helps you? What helps you when you've had some of these challenges coming up and you know you're in the midst of a transformation? If any of you, you know, share in the chat there, what what are your go-to tools? I know for me lately, you know, I, it has been more solitude so I can sit and feel the infinite and the divine within and my connection. It's vital right now, especially in nature. I, I come from a humongous extended family. I mean, I'm the oldest of 13. I've got 80 nieces and nephews just on my side. I've got six children. I mean, hosts of extended family and friends. And so I chose in this lifetime to come into all of this. And so I'm, I've been used to that. Solitude wasn't too common. And, and so it's really poignant for me to go, wow, I, if, when I've got any free time, it's to be alone. It's to be in the silence, to hear 
to trust the guidance we are given, we are receiving, we are knowing. That trust is that solar plexus center. Do we trust our choices, our decisions to release more of that control, to surrender into that? And that's what I did last night when I was going through this challenge and I was writing out, you know, what was there and then going into that, a prayer, so to speak, of holding more peace, not a petition and calling in the infinite, the the divine mother. And so thank you. Yes, taking breaths and being the witness. That's a beautiful one. Thank you for sharing. Being that witness, stepping outside of ourselves to witness and then beyond that. And as we're witnessing what's going on or this old pattern coming up with such compassion, with non-judgment, right? That practice takes time because our old egoic self is tied to any remnants of the hurting inner child. And no matter what we, you know, all of us grew up with some life scripts. I don't fit in. I did something wrong. I'm wrong. Um, You know, those types of things. And so we may get moments where we'll see, oh, that might be a piece of that. And to just go, I hear you, give it a voice, right? And yet feel the emotion. Often we've got to acknowledge that emotion. And then I have a choice. And what is that? Go into commanding in the higher self. Maybe it's forgiveness work, forgiveness work, releasing the need for this different past that I know I'm claiming, what is a gift I developed from this? What is a quality that I'm really owning now? Wow, I can finally say I am so courageous. Look, you know, look at yourself in the past and say, you're still here. Look what you walked through. Go, darn it. You are courageous. You're tenacious. What else is there? You know, you see your your compassion, your empathy, your tenderness, your lighthearted humor, really claim those. That's, that's that, again, that solar plexus anchoring that joy center, you know? And so sometimes we got to forgive ourselves often, often for when we can forgive ourselves and we can forgive others for they did the best they knew with our consciousness at the time as we did. Forgive our bodies as we are navigating through these changes and transformations and, and witnessing, witnessing. Can I feel the healing, the release of this true forgiveness? I know I did the best at that time and I'm willing to start claiming the gifts. Even to forgive ourselves for judging ourselves right now in, in a group I'm in, um, our divine mastery group, we're being encouraged to do that every day. I forgive myself for, and isn't that fascinating to do that more often? And I'm ready to blank. Love those sentence stems. I, I encourage all my clients to do often. What I need right now is trust that first word. Trust, that's that trust of what's coming forward. How do I want my life to be? Do I have a vision? There's that hope. For a new way, what what comes up there to even be more courageous, to feel safe, to use more, to step out more, to be seen. So paying attention because what's showing us in, 
up in front of us can reveal where some of our wounds are and where also the good stuff, the good stuff, people showing up with the miracles and magic and they're in our matrix and we go, that's for me. Instead of the jealousy, we go, that's for me. <laughs> right? So there's, there's so many um, opportunities moment by moment. And there are days. Again, I have another friend that showed up that's really going through a whole transformation right now. Literally, her purse, she's on, she's tr- um, on vacation and her purse is, got lost with all her identity. Isn't that a metaphor, right? Time for a whole new identity, perhaps. I can't say, and yet that's what's revealing. And, and, and again, you know, what's showing up in front of me to help have some reflections on what guidance to, to, to look at and work from. So one, as a, as a VESA medical intuitive, self-ascension intuitive coach, spiritual healer, there are certain practices I give clients and that I've used myself that help me to keep unwinding these congested energies in our chakras related to emotions, traumas, and beliefs to then use that as fertilizer <laughs> to, to let go of that which is not serving us and, and as fertilizer to create the new and to live more from our soul self, that essential self. And, and so this one way then with, an, with one of my mentors, I learned about this recapitulation. And I wanted to read some of this and share it because it has been so valuable for going a little deeper. When, when something is going on in our life that is hard, going, okay, why am I addressing this abandonment issue or rejection issue or lack of abundance issue or, or health? You know, is maybe there's a little, another piece we're not seeing yet. And so this recapitulation is one method of overcoming the past. And it's the scrutiny of past occurrences that still control our behavior by causing us to have knee-jerk responses to people, events, and beliefs. Recapitulation assists us to release debris and retrieve any parts of ourselves that have become lost due to past traumas. If we have any identity labels, are we aware sometime of the old identities that we had that maybe we've outgrown, ready to release? And so we have identity labels, a sense of self-importance, or if we are still judging people or events as good or bad, then we need to clear it. Or we have a choice. Through the recapitulation, we're choosing to. Recapitulation can occur spontaneously, but more often than not, it requires a little effort. Are we willing to make that effort? Are we worth the effort? Absolutely. To make it easier, try placing it in certain categories. We could all, you know, if you have a paper and pen around, I encourage you to do it this way. You can do it in your head, but, you know, you can go, you know, think about what's coming up as far as family, spouses, sexual partners, friends, teachers, classmates, bosses, coworkers. Sometimes we may receive snapshots of a past during our dream state. I have this happen sometime and, you know, really paying attention to dreams. And if there's themes showing up there, you know, like being left behind or lost or uh, can't open our eyes and can't see, you know, those, those all have symbols and, and themes. This is a signal that these events need to be released. It's also helpful if we can identify cyclical patterns in our life. 
then we can recapitulate a whole cycle and it releases all the similar cycles. So this is what's so cool. You know, we do one event and then the ones, other things that have happened in our life with a similar theme can dissolve. Just like we open, when you do the work, you open the doorway. It's easier for other people to lift into that. Those on the front lines, it can be stickier and a little more challenging at times. And those coming behind, then you've paved the way. So recapitulation happens at, at death. It's a process that occurs naturally then. For several hours following death, our soul stays inside the energy field that surrounds the body. It's like in the shape of an egg. And our whole life passes in front of us. If you've read uh, others' near-death experiences, you may have heard people tell you about that. I, I know I read a lot of those stories after my late husband died because I needed to understand, where is he? Where did he go? And so people's accounts of their near-death experiences helped me to believe in this afterlife and what is heaven. And so they their whole life passes in front of them. And as we witness this, we are able to see it from God's perspective. And as a result, the whole life is recapitulated. It's done from a non-judgmental place. Then the soul passes through to the spirit world and the energy field collapses upon itself. I found that quite fascinating. So the keys to a successful recapitulation of the past is to remember how it appeared to us then, even through the eyes of a child if we are small. Any of you that have been here on the podcast or as a client of mine, you know I've talked about the inner child practice, the circle of protection that has been invaluable for us to heal our past traumas, to gain the insights and 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 strengthen that inner child in all of us to then live with more buoyancy and being present and happiness. So we see the events through the eyes of that other participant also. An example is a child may completely misunderstand an adult throwing them to the ground because of a perceived threat to their safety. From the little child, it's not understood in that way. From the adult, it is. We need to go to that child level. And we relive, relive the event, not just in our head, but in the heart. We've got to feel it. My clients will sit with me and I'm like, and I'll get them to scream, to cry. We've got to feel the emotion and move the energy through the, through, <laughs> through the throat chakra, truth chakra, moving with the sound. And then we look behind these experiences and grasp what's really going on. And so some of the, you know, and then it just releases that past. And oh my gosh, we've got a whole new clean slate. What are we going to do with our clean slate, right? What are those hopes and dreams? What are the visions that you have that are so possible right now? So for any person or situation that still brings up a painful emotion, let's be honest with ourselves. Is there something from my past that I still get that, that charge, that trigger a painful feeling? The number one, the number one step in the recapitulation is what is the lesson? Look for the lesson that spirit wishes us to embrace. For example, the lesson may be that we need to speak our truth. That shows up quite often in my office. It could manifest as laryngitis or any other throat symptom or teeth. 
Or someone might appear to mirror to us that we frequently suppress our voice. He or she may violate our boundaries to get our attention. We need to protect ourselves by voicing our truth that this behavior is unacceptable. This lesson came to me today in something in my life about can I be more direct? Because a fear, sometimes a fear we may have is I don't want to hurt their feelings. And yet if, if the same theme shows up in front of us, sometimes we need to be a little more direct. And that can be a healing for them in an instant. It's not coming from a mean place, just from a firm boundary place. So do we really, are we aware of what's unacceptable as far as overstepping boundaries, okay? So the first step was that, what it, can we get an idea of what might be the lesson here for me? Play with it. Then the second is, what is the contract? Number two is, what is the contract? Everyone who interacts with us made an agreement prior to this incarnation to assist our growth. We chose our family of origin for us to help polish that pearl to discover who we are. So they may have agreed to push us over the edge and we may do likewise for them, right? If we're on very different paths and perspectives, we may do the same back to them. So what is the contract that you and I are playing out? Maybe something to ask yourself. This mentor said she had um, several near-death experiences in the wildness spirit world. She was awestruck by the extensive contracts people have with each other. It is with great love that many agreed to be a catalyst as perpetrators. That might be hard for her ego and hurting inner child to accept at first. I've spoken quite a bit about my childhood sexual abuse, how much that that affected me, you know, physically with symptoms until I could continue to unwind. And I know through healing those pieces, it was a big catalyst up the lineage and down the lineage. So when we are in balance, there's no growth. So it is a signal to the universe to knock us out of balance So the lessons will continue. Thus, we pull relationships into our lives that test us in every way imaginable. How many of us can say, oh yeah. (laughs) Different relationships, everybody passing has a gift. Sometimes those gifts aren't wrapped too pretty. People don't like change. I literally hear people say that. I don't like change. We don't like stepping out of comfort zones, do we? And many go to great extremes to avoid it even if it is dysfunctional situations. The reason many dislike change is because they feel separated from source. Can we have compassion? That is what's underneath, is we feel so separated from source, from the infinite, from the divine. They believe that they are alone and completely cut off from the nurturing of our creator. Understanding our contracts with others will help us not judge the appearances. What is meant is that When we are in the throes of a tough experiences, don't look at them. Let's look behind them. So we start getting more clear. What might be a contract here? This person is showing up for me to discover the truth of me as an infinite divine being in my mission here at this time. The third step is what is the role? Am I playing the victim? I've had to swallow that one a few times. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm falling back into my victim role. Not intentionally, but that's being modeled out in the world 
continually, right? Blame, blame everybody else. Am I playing the bad guy? Am I playing the teacher? Am I playing the student? Ask ourselves, what role am I playing within this contract? Also, look at the role the other person's playing. For example, we may have a tyrant in our life. Have any of us walked through a tyrant? It may be our spouse, mother, or a boss. Once you establish that, see who you are in relation to that person's role. Remember, we may change our role at any time because we create our reality. So some fascinating areas to look at. Step number four, what is the mirror? We pull relationships into our life that do one of the following things. They mirror an aspect of who we are, what we have given away, what we still place judgment on, or what we haven't developed yet. There's different areas of our mirrors that come in front of us. For example, if our innocence is gone, we may find ourselves intensely attracted to a young person. And if we've given our integrity away, we might fall in love with a missionary who in our eyes represents integrity. Another thing that can be mirrored is that which we judge. If we have problems dealing with people who lie, then we're placing a judgment on them so we attract more liars. I've had a few of those in my life. If a man isn't in touch with his feminine side, he might choose a woman who is overbalanced in her feminine to make him feel more complete. Later, he becomes frustrated because he cannot leave town for the weekend because there might be a leak in the water pipes and she wouldn't know how to handle the situation. These little irritations could build into resentment unless he sees that he deliberately chose her to mirror his underdeveloped feminine side. So that was step number four. Number five, what is the gift? You know, I sometimes will just go to that one first. You know, what is the gift here that I'm receiving or possibly giving? And there's always both. And there's always both. Every person we encounter has come to give us a gift and receive one as well. I like that. Thank you, B, for sharing. Yes, change has been a fun adventure. That's a beautiful affirmation. It's another side of that coin, right? So now, if everybody's giving and receiving a gift, this applies even at the most casual acquaintances. How often do we think of that? Somebody you bump into in the store. What, am, what gift am I supposed to give this person? It may be something as simple as offering him the gift of unconditional love and acceptance. Or he may recognize something beautiful in that person that nobody else has seen. Think of that. Has that come to you? And how much that has meant. Or we may genuinely listen to a man and for the first time in years he feels heard and understood. That is such a gift. That's a healing. And that can happen as any of us are out and about in our day-to-day -day life. You living who you are. You listen with compassion and, and give, let them be heard is a healing. Another time we may encounter a woman who reacts with bursts of anger and we have the opportunity to demonstrate a mastery of the situation. So that's step five. Last Step six is, can I allow? Right? So all this anger in front of us, talking about the boundaries. This is the point of discerning what has to be allowed, what has to be changed, and finding the courage to act. Because act, and you know that again, I keep going back to this third chakra tonight. Third chakra also governs our muscular system. And muscles are about acting, moving forward, taking action. So imagine yourself as the water in the river. If a rock's in front of you, are you going to stop or are you going to flow around it? 
We have masterfully created every situation in our life. I'll repeat that. We have masterfully created every situation in our life, even the rock. So can we just allow it to be there for this moment? Is that battle ours? A battle is only worth fighting if the stakes are worth having. If you have already learned the lesson, no need to refight that battle. Can we go, wait a minute, I had this lesson. I'm not going here again. I'm honoring myself. I'm stepping away, maybe. And so I've, I've thought of that rock in the river a few times and going, how is this flowing by me? Not being distracted, not tying into some of the old attachments. Step seven, can I accept? We cannot accept the painful things that happen to us unless we begin to see the perfection underlying this web of appearances. All the steps we talked about, looking behind, looking beyond. There's so much more than what meets our eye. There's all these pieces. A common belief is that we were placed on the wheel of reincarnation, suffering lifetime after lifetime until we've lived enough lives to become perfect. The infinite created us perfectly with the ability to be a creator. Thoughts plus feeling create activity. Thoughts plus feeling create activity. The heart is like a microphone. So the stronger the emotions in our heart, the stronger the universe's responses to manifest our desires. But the universe doesn't discriminate. Energy is neutral. Remember that? It will manifest whatever we think, positive or negative. How many of us are having that opportunity right now? Going, oh, where were my thoughts? Were they on this old pattern of this isn't working or I'm feeling tired or whatever that is? Or going, wait a minute, I'm breathing in energy. Example. So it's important that we accept that we have co-created the situation, which removes any feelings of having things done to us. What in me invited this to be? Can we accept Eight, can I release? To release is to let go of the energy surrounding the other person or event. Full forgiveness is the release of the need for a different past. Can we fully release? If we don't release, we keep it alive by feeding it energy through thoughts, sometimes very subconsciously. And the only way we really start to become conscious of them is by what's showing up in front of us. Perhaps it's a body symptom. Perhaps it's an event. If we are in a conflict with our partner, even if he or she has violated us in some way, the best thing to do is walk through these steps and gain the insights. Gain the insights. Then release it by changing our focus, placing it onto something positive. That individual is like a vampire sucking our energy until we cut the cord that binds us. Every time we think of that person, send him or her blessings and the cord will be severed. Instead of the pain, we've looked at it, we've seen our part, we've taken the gifts, and now we think of the person, send them a blessing. We don't want to drain our life force energy. Our life force energy is more valuable than gold. Don't drain your life force energy. Keep, as we do these steps, we're very aware of it, keeping it alive, enhancing it through your connection with the infinite to be the catalyst for the new way. And the last step, our final step is, can I be grateful? Sincerely, truly, in all ways. 
if we have gone through these nine steps and can feel true gratitude for the insights gained, it does raise our consciousness. We lift up that Hawkins scale of consciousness that we talk about in the past. Gratitude is one of the three ascension attitudes and is the culminating step. If we reach genuine gratitude, not the, you know, just saying the words without feeling it. Remember the heart and the megaphone of the feelings? Bringing that feeling of pure gratitude. I'm so blessed. I, I love this home. I'm so grateful for this person in my life, the love that I have, the freedom. I don't have to go to a job. I don't like what, you know, what do we sincerely bring forward with that genuine gratitude? It assists us in connecting with our higher light bodies and turning hardships into ascension tools. What a gift each person is to this planet when we do that. If we've completed these first eight steps and still don't feel gratitude, guess what? It's a good idea to go back and start them over. There's another layer. And I've done this a few, like this practice a few times with like one situation because there's pieces. As we bring more light to it, there's like another aspect or perspective that can show up for us. When we look at the gifts, the mirrors, the valuable lessons, we should be thankful for everything in our life. Everything. I remember a mentor saying this to me years ago. I was, it was in a reading and saying, Patty, it's at a point where you're going to be, you're encouraged to be so grateful, not only for all these positives, but for the pain you've walked through. I'm getting there in certain areas. I can totally see how much I, that was such a gift for me to find meaning. So even when the lessons are huge, such as being involved in a war raped or being an orphan. If we look at it from a higher perspective, it is a lesson it is a lesson or a gift. Even if we have suffered sexual abuse as a child, when we overcome it, we raise up the vibration of the earth because she, the earth, has suffered the same. Also, when one of us overcomes, here's that clincher again, it is easier for the next person to do likewise. You taking that tenacity, that courage, that time to, to look at your challenges, to recapitulate, find the gifts, the lessons, to forgive, gain the insights to use. Here's our third chakra, gift, skills, and talents to serve in the world. So it ended up being a third chakra theme tonight, which I wasn't even aware of. And truly, if you have any questions about this, if you want me to share these nine steps of recapitulation with you, I can certainly do that. My information is um, with the Facebook or YouTube, One Miss Talk Radio, Light Laughter Lattes. And I'm so honored to share some of these insights and be with you here. And may we all take this new moon solar eclipse energy into our hearts and beam out that megaphone of beautiful feelings of gratitude, sincerity, presence, trust for the highest good of all. Thank you for being here with me. Have a beautiful day and beyond. Namaste.